Hello and welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, where legends share legendary stories. Presented by Town Play Suites, Waco Northeast. This episode is the third in our Nine for Title IX series, featuring softball legend Kat Osterman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast presented by Town Play Suites, Waco Northeast. I am author and oral historian Jackson Michael. We are celebrating 50 years of Title IX with some of the greatest athletes in women's Texas sports history. Be sure to follow the Texas Sports Hall of Fame's social media channels on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to stay updated on this series and all of the great things happening at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. This episode, we have Kat Osterman, unquestionably one of the best pitchers in NCAA softball history. She also represented the United States in three Olympics, winning medals in all three of those Olympics with Team USA Softball, including a gold medal in the 2004 Games. Osterman was a sensational pitcher at the University of Texas. She is the only person to be named National Player of the Year three times. She was a four-time All-American, led Texas to three Women's College World Series appearances, and broke a long list of national, conference, and school pitching records, many of which stand today. She pitched professionally in the National Pro Fast Pitch League and won several league championships in pro ball, as well as a number of individual awards including Most Valuable Player of the League Championship Series and multiple Pitcher of the Year awards. She was inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame as part of the 2013 class. In short, Kat Osterman symbolizes excellence on the diamond. Still, it's interesting to note that the University of Texas softball team was founded only a few years before Osterman arrived on campus. We'll learn more about that in our upcoming episode with former Texas Women's Athletic Director Donna Lopiano in part nine of our Nine for Title IX series. Kat, thanks so much for being with us and talking about your exceptional career and to celebrate 50 years of Title IX. You grew up in Houston and it sounds like you started playing sports at a very young age. I think I was destined for sports from birth. My dad wasn't, he wasn't a college athlete or anything, but he played basketball pickup quite a bit, both in college and then even post. And I remember being a youngster and, and going to the rec center in Houston and watching him play basketball. And I had a ball of some sort in my hands from the moment that I could start walking. I was just, I was always fascinated with it. So there was never really a time in my life that I can remember where sports wasn't an interest to me or I wasn't around it in some shape or form. So you played multiple sports then as a kid? Yes, I played everything growing up. So I started with soccer, basketball came in there in third grade once I was old enough to play YMCA basketball. And then softball came and went. I played it for a little bit, quit for a while while I played soccer and then went back to it when I was about 10 or 11. 
mixed in there. I tried gymnastics. I tried tennis. I played volleyball in junior high, ran track. So I've done a little bit of everything. Did you start out pitching in softball? So when I first started softball, I was obviously one of the younger ones on the team. And being left-handed, I only get to play first base and outfield. So I was doing that, and I was playing Little League. And, you know, in Little League, pitchers have inning limits. So you can only pitch so many innings in a week. And we had a makeup game on the schedule because of a rain out. And our pitchers had reached their limit. And the coach asked who wanted to try to pitch. And I was excited to do something new. So I volunteered to pitch. And I fell in love with it. And so after that game, I asked my dad if I could have pitching lessons. And he gave them to me. And the the rest is kind of history. When did you realize that you were let's say, better than the other kids at it? You know, I was average, a little bit above average for most of my career. I was not a standout by any means until probably about my sophomore, in between my sophomore and junior year of high school. That was the first time I had uh, made the leap to really go play with some girls that were better than me. And my dad's whole philosophy was, let's go see how good you are up a level as opposed to playing with your peers. And I guess the best way to put it is I did. I rose to the challenge. So it wasn't really till I was right after my sophomore year of high school, that we knew I had something special and that I was going to be able to hopefully be able to play softball in college. And what what college options did you have and and why did you choose Texas? I had quite a few. I turned down quite a few early on just because I knew I wanted to stay relatively close to home. I did explore my options. So I did talk with the coach at UCLA and Arizona. Stanford was my second choice. I had a visit set up there, but, you know, Texas, I'm born and raised here, proud to be from here. To me, it was a fun challenge to be able to go there and try to win the first national championship and try to see if we could upset at the time, you know, the big dogs, they were in the the Pac-10. So ultimately, Texas, it was was everything I, I wanted, good athletics, good academics, close to home. Some of my former teammates were there. But I just really liked the whole environment when I went and visited. And it, it was my dream school. So it was kind of, you know, a dream come true to be able to know that it was a place I fit as well as a place that I was going to be able to go and hopefully be successful. And softball was relatively new at UT then. It, it had started in 97, I think. Can you, can you, yes. Yeah. Can you talk about, you know, the beginnings of that? I guess you came in about five or six years after that. Yeah, so we had the 10-year anniversary during my senior year, I believe. But, um, you know, I, the start of it, I was, I was young. I was playing junior high and high school, so I wasn't really paying attention to necessarily how they were building it. But Coach Clark did a great job being able to get some athletes that came in and, and make them competitive right away. She got a transfer from UCLA, Krista Williams, who's also from Houston, and she kind of put Texas on the map allowed them to be really competitive fast because they had a great arm in the circle. And I think that just started grabbing people's attention. But uh, they had been to the World Series. They were playing highly competitive softball at the time that I was starting to decide if I wanted to play in college or not. My dad and I, he drove me up to Austin quite a bit to be able to go watch games. And I just fell in love with the whole atmosphere. Did Coach Clark ever talk to you about women's sports, you know, in earlier times when, when she was younger and playing? She won a national championship with Cal State Fullerton back in 86, and we got to see pictures of that and videos and just what their uniforms looked like and clips to where, you know, they were batting without helmets. And we like to give her a little ribbing about what it used to be like. 
but she didn't talk in length about it, but just always was very encouraging of being able to appreciate where sports has come for not only females, but the sport of softball. And at Texas, we were not naive to know that we had a great women's sports legend in her own right in our midst with Jody Conrad. So it was well known, at least at Texas, how the women's sports had grown there at the university. You can hear stories from legendary UT women's basketball coach Jody Conrad in episode 19 of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast entitled Passing It Forward with Jody Conrad. When we return, we'll hear more from pitching legend Kat Osterman about her record-setting career at the University of Texas and her medal-winning trips to three Olympics on our Nine for Title IX series on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by Tamplay Suites, Waco Northeast. Hi, this is Hall of Famer Nancy Lieberman, and I listen to the Texas Hall of Fame podcast. And if you're not listening to it, you're missing out. When you come to Waco, be sure to stay at the Tamplay Suites, Waco Northeast located just a short distance from the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. You'll start your day off with a delicious complimentary breakfast, and you'll also enjoy the Town Play Suites free Wi-Fi, fitness center, and pool. Next time you come to Waco, make the Town Play Suites Waco Northeast your home base on the road. Welcome back to our Nine for Title IX series featuring Kat Osterman on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast presented by Tamplay Suites, Waco Northeast. Earlier we talked about how UT softball was fairly new when you arrived. We all know that Texas has always been a football school and the football team won a national championship while you were there. The men's basketball team also made the Final Four in 2003, yet you were still one of the most prominent athletes on that campus. Would you please talk a little bit about that and women's sports during the time you were at Texas? Yeah, you know, I was fortunate that I got to be part of Texas athletics, in my opinion, at its peak. You mentioned football won a national championship. They also won a Rose Bowl in there that wasn't the national championship game. Baseball won two national championships, and as you mentioned, both basketballs went to the Final Four, softball went to the World Series three times, volleyball was starting its climb into prominence as um, Jared Elliott had just taken over my freshman year, and so it was beneficial for us to all be around each other in the fact that everybody wanted success, and so anytime one sport was successful, it was almost like a contagious vibe that went through the athletic department, and For female athletics specifically, soccer was highly ranked and and winning games as well at that point in time. And any time we all talked about what game was coming up and everyone just kind of expected everyone to win. And it was really cool to be in an environment that female athletics wasn't put on the back burner. We were being just as successful. We were celebrated just as much. And, you know, as an athlete, fans turned out, fellow athletes turned out to watch. And there was just a, a continuous support all the way around the athletic department. And then you played in three Olympics. Can you talk about the Olympic experience for you? Well, they were all different. 
Um, 2004, I redshirted in between my sophomore and junior year to be able to go and, and compete in that. And I was the youngest, so I knew my role was going to be a little different than what it was at Texas. I wasn't going to be handed the ball every game, and I was okay with that. I needed to grow up and, and learn a little bit more about the international game. But at the same time, I was fully prepared when they did give me the ball. And so it was an incredible experience to win a gold medal, to play with some of the absolute greatest athletes to ever play this game. I was fortunate that I got that opportunity because I really wasn't sure that 2004 was going to be my first Olympics. I thought 2008 might be, and I was fortunate. And then you fast forward to 2008, where now Jenny Finch and I were essentially the veterans on staff, and it's just a different vibe when you've been there. And again, you know, another great run, fortunate to play with that new up-and-coming wave of great athletes. You know, you had Caitlin Lowe, Andrea Duran. I entered the national team with Jessica Mendoza. So just being able to play with the names that are household names for our sport has always been an honor. And this last Olympics, it same thing, came back for one more shot because softball had been out for so long. It's a completely different journey with a younger group of athletes. Truly made me look at the way I play the game and in the sport just a little bit of a different way. And they were just so impactful. So every Olympics is a little bit different, but nonetheless, it's the hugest honor to have USA across your chest and be able to represent your family, your city, your state back home, and at the same time, go and play on the biggest stage the sport has to offer. And now you've gotten into coaching, and you kind of alluded to earlier about becoming a leader on that second Olympics team. Can you talk about what you've learned in sports and and what you try to pass on to the younger athletes that you're coaching? Sports teaches you so much. There's no way to sum up what you learn in it in a short sentence. I think the biggest thing that I continue to try to pass on is it's an ever-growing process. I mean, you are never as good as you're going to get in a sport. Like, you can always get better. You can always learn something new, no matter how young or old you are. And so with that, you have to have a mindset that you just want to continue to figure out how to get a little bit better and a little bit better. Obviously, at a young age, your increments of getting better sometimes can be bigger, but the older we get, it's how do I become better and is it down to nutrition or is it down to recovery or is it down to you know taking five more minutes of BP or whatever it is that you need and I try to pass that on and keep them in a mindset of growth a growth mindset but more of just a a mindset of progress we may have lost that's fine that's you know it's going to hurt it's going to sting we're going to go back and look and grow from the mistakes but is there something within that game that you can say was a step in the right direction you know did you execute a certain pitch better in a big count Or did we do what we could? And obviously a team game, you know, other people have to step up and do their job too. So I continue just to keep them open-minded, you know, progress. It's it's not about wins and losses all the time. And it's about how can you be a little bit better each day. And we're doing this series to celebrate 50 years of Title IX, which was passed in 1972. If you could please give us your thoughts and fill in the blank, if not for Title IX, If not for Title IX, I wouldn't have had a career. I'm fortunate that I've been able to make a pretty good living playing softball, and I don't think uh, without Title IX that that's possible. And I think it's important to think about, and it's really true for all of the athletes in this series, is that you can't picture your life without sports. Oh, absolutely not. I can't imagine not having played sports. I grew up around them. I have uncles and aunts that coached sports, which is kind of another reason I got into them. 
it's it's infathomable a concept of women not playing sports, but at the same time, there are some before us that made it possible for us. And I think you know my generation tried to push the envelope and and make it possible for the next generation to you know maybe make a living doing it or be able to do other things with it instead of just getting now through college. So it's infathomable to think about, but then at the same time, like anything, it's building blocks. Is there anything else that you think is important to convey about women's sports or your experience as an athlete? I think women's sports shapes women into being not just confident individuals, but confident leaders, confident workers. I think there's so many lessons that we learn between the struggle and the success that sport offers that you just don't get in other places. I encourage young girls anytime I meet them, Play sports for a little while. If it's not for you, understandable, but, you know, go try and see what you learn out of it. To be honest, I don't think that I am the person today that I, I mean, the person, not even the athlete, the person I am today without sports. It just is a huge opportunity for growth to be able to play sports and grow within that atmosphere. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nine for Title Nine series on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by Tampa Suites, Wigo Northeast. Come visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in Wigo, and when you do, make the perfect pitch by booking your stay at the Tampa Suites, Wigo Northeast.